Hello and welcome to the Winning a Business podcast. If you're an existing listener, you may have noticed we've taken a break for a few months and you might be expecting series five of Hitting the Wall podcast. We took some time out to focus on the business and it became clear that it was time to refresh things on the podcast with more focus on what winning looks like. Still inspired by my best-selling book, Hitting the Wall, we're going to talk all things winning and what's involved to win at business. In my time as a professional tennis coach, I never once coached a racket or a ball. It was always the player. Business is no different. It's a game, one you can win or lose. Our episodes will focus on what's involved in playing the game of business effectively, and most importantly, how to win. Each episode will be a conversation with me, alongside my co-host and producer, Shirley Heron, an experienced owner and coach herself. From buying psychology to overcoming internal barriers to marketing and building your team, we'll aim to cover all aspects of what's involved to play the game to the best of your ability. So sit back and listen to these short, sharp, punchy episodes. And please let us know what you think and what topics you'd like us to cover. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of... Back again. Yeah, of um, Hitting the Wall podcast. Shirley, hello. How are you? Hi. Yeah, good, oh, thanks. We're back. It's good. It's good. Um, I've had an interesting week. Mm, go yeah, on. Yeah. Um, I got mugged. Did you? Sort of. Okay. Explain. I will. <laughs> but before that, I'm going to leave that one hanging for a moment. And I will come back to it. We were talking off air with producer Steve... Um, about uh, his business here, mm-hmm. the studio that he's got, and um, which is based in Uxbridge. And he's really looked after us. Mm-hmm. It's great. And we were, ended up talking about sales, selling a little bit. And uh, he was telling us about this uh, couple at a market store, a traditional market just around the corner. And uh, they make jams and chutneys and... I don't know if you said biscuits, but I think you need biscuits for <laughs> chutneys. And crackers. I assume crackers, maybe. Yeah, that sort of thing. And um, he was saying that the, the, he really wants to video the, 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 the woman who does, you know, the, uh, does the stall with a presumer husband. I don't know anything about it. I'm sort of saying this secondhand. Because she always comes around the stall mm. and will almost accost people <laughs> and say to them, oh, I'm really proud of this one. And she, she engages in conversation. Yeah. with them and I presume then makes sales and she's you know I think the phrase was said she's an you know a natural born saleswoman and, mm-hmm. I, and I I actually think everybody is a natural salesperson you know as a, as a child as a baby you are constantly selling yourself for attention you know you start out by crying for attention literally <laughs> and and then you go on and you you you, you know you, you sell to your parents and you know well I want to go out tonight. Well, you can't. Well, why can't I go out tonight? Um, I'll be back by 10. Okay, as long as you're back by 10. Hang on a minute, you're not going out in that dress. Yes, I am, because you said I could, and you didn't say anything about it. And you learn yeah. to kind of manipulate, and that's what yep. some people would say selling is. And it just it just got me thinking a little bit about, you know, this 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 woman who maybe in her 70s who's been running a market store all her life, and producer Steve said something really, I thought, very, very relevant, is that, Every business owner should go out and run a market store before running a business. And, and they do it on The Apprentice, don't they? Mm, they you do. know, it's, one of, it's one of the key things is, you know, how much money can you make on, on a market store type situation? Um, I just wondered what, you know, you've been in sales for mm. a long time. And I just wondered what your thoughts on, not necessarily that specifically, but this whole, 
you know, you, you said something very interesting around most business owners don't get into business to, to sell. sell. Yeah. Do you want to just kind of, yeah. and then I'll tell you about being mugged. <laughs> All right, blackmail. Um, yeah, I mean, I see an awful lot of business owners who start their business because they either, they don't usually start as self-employed straight out of school or college. They usually have worked in an employed position and typically they get made redundant or they hate their job and they've left for whatever reason. But if it's something they actually, the thing they actually enjoy doing, um, then often what happens in terms of self-employment is they say, I could do that better. I'm going to set up on my own because I could do what it is better and I won't have the overhead of my boss who I hate. Yeah. And they get into their business to do the thing that they're doing. Doesn't matter what it is that thing and very quickly they find out that that's only a tiny part of running a business and they have to basically undertake a crash course in what it's like to actually run a business because doing the thing whether it is um i don't know selling a product selling a service you know operating a camera whatever that thing is selling jam is or making the jam making things a lot people get into it because they like craft so they like they you know people have told them that they're really good at knitting jumpers or crocheting little soft toys or whatever it is they start their business because they're like i'm going to sell these people have said they're good enough they you know mm. friends and family have said oh i'll buy one off you and, they, and they start knitting <laughs> frantically or they start crafting they start doing that thing and then they find out that there's so much that goes on in terms of running a business and they get stuck because they don't know how to do any of that stuff um, because they've never had to in the past. You know, when they were in an employed position, they had a finance team who sorted out invoices and chasing payments. And they had um, probably a customer service team who dealt with incoming or, or calls. A, or account management. Or account or managers. managers. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they might have had an operations team, depending on what the, the business was. Fulfillment, marketing. Yeah. yeah. It could be picking and posting. Who yeah. knows? You know, it could be um, sales pipeline in terms of, you know, either wholesale customers or in terms of suppliers. And so they've never the only thing they've done when they were employed is make that yeah. widget. Yeah. They're good at making widgets, whatever the widget is, whether it's a sale, a, a product or a service. That's what they do. They haven't had to do sales, marketing, customer service, HR supply chain, whatever. And now that they're on their own and they've got their business, now they have to learn all of that stuff. Well, how do you learn that stuff? Where... And it's, it's really hard, isn't it? And I think you're right. You, you, you've kind of jumped on the, the, the challenge that I think many people face. We, we were talking um, off air about a client uh, that we have in the business who probably seven years ago had, um, you know, it was it, her business composed of her half a person and maybe half a dozen people meeting in the pub, mm. you know, once a month. And it's now a global business. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it's scaled so effectively is because she's removed herself from all the things that she is not very good at. Yep. Um, and, and the thing that she's really, really good at, ironically, is selling. So she has focused on doing that one thing 
as often as possible and as well as possible. Just make sales. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about looking after the customers. Someone else will do that. Don't worry about finance. Somebody else will do that. Don't even worry about marketing the business, even though she's a brilliant marketer. She's still a better salesperson than mm-hmm. she is marketer to get somebody else to do the marketing. Don't worry about writing copy, even though she's really, really good at writing copy. Get somebody else to write the copy. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. That's, that's, that's been a, a revelation for her. But she has got a skill selling that I believe, no, that's unfair, I see most certainly of our clients and the people we talk to and outside of that client base that they don't have, mm-hmm. which is that ability to... It's not an ability to sell. It's almost a, a willingness or a fear mm-hmm. of uh, sales. And I talk to people about this a lot. And I think there's lots of reasons. The, this fear of selling, I think... Um, often there's there's two camps there's those who just are put off by the term sales i guess that it's a bit of a dirty word it has you know connotations of watches inside of (laughs) a long brown coat in the pub um or you know secondhand car salesman type Mm. thing and i think the world has moved door knockers yeah and door knockers yeah very very much so there was a facebook post in my area just last week about oh, you know door knockers are out again you know mm. but by, you know keep away because they're gonna and, and often they're just young lads trying to make good and yeah but they're, they're being tarred with this opinion that they've they've been given a uh, um an anti-superhero cape that you know <laughs> society's wrapped around them i guess so there's that one side and then the other side is that fear of rejection mm-hmm. that if i that if i ask i might somebody might say no Yep. So here's a plan. If I never ask anybody, nobody can reject me. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked I, about that mm. a few weeks ago, didn't we, about rejection, yes. sensitivity and, exactly. and things. And if I don't get rejected, then I'm all right. But if you never ask, nobody ever says yes either. Correct, correct. So how, given that I think most people can sell, mm-hmm. and then we learn how not to sell mm-hmm. as we as we grow, most people, and we can only ever generalise here, okay? Yeah. As I said earlier, as, as, as babies, we were born sales babies. <laughs> we become very good at selling ourselves as children because you're, you're constantly having to make sure you get fed. You're constantly having to make sure that you get the things that you want to do, that you want, and we're not subtle about it as children. No. We just go out and ask, right? Mummy, can I have an ice cream? No, go and ask your dad. Daddy, can I have an ice cream? No, go and ask your mum. But mum said yes. Mum said yes. Oh, all right then. <laughs> so you, you, you get caught into those little traps. Yeah. You know. And I've always thought about, I wonder if I was working with a business with like two people in it and they were prospects, if I went to one and said, do you want to come work with me? And they said no. Whether they go, well, I'll check with my husband and I'll go, well, I've already spoken to your husband. And he said yes, so where do you want to sign kind mm. of thing. But you, 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 I think what I'm trying to get to is where... How do we begin to get people comfortable with sales? So I'll tell you what I did, because I have worked in sales in the past. I used to do sales and account management in telco and, and, you know, some quite big sales. And that can be quite intimidating. And I came out of it because I didn't like it. 
because I got frightened by the whole sales thing. Mm. Um, then I set up my own business and guess what? I had, I had to, to sell. sell. <laughs> um, so here's how I rationalized it for myself. I stopped trying to sell and I started trying to help people. Yeah. And my aim was not to sell them ice skating clothing. My aim was to help them figure out what it is that they wanted. And if they liked it and they bought it, great. And if they didn't, okay. And that's all I did. And I do the same thing now when I'm, you know, now working freelance basis. And if I talk to a new customer, um, and I had one last week who rang, uh, e no, actually, I think it was the week before, but emailed me in a bit of a panic saying, I've been put in contact with you by so-and-so, didn't even recognize who it was. I don't know who this person who recommended me is. Probably me. Um, <laughs> and I didn't recognize the name. Um, needs some help. When can you you know, I, I need it now. I've got this problem and I need it now. And I said, well, I'm not, I haven't got a space until the 11th of April. You know, if, if you want it, I'm available on the 11th of April. And they said, oh, but I need it sooner. I'm like, okay, well, I can recommend some people that you can ask if they're free. But if you want me, I'm not available until the 11th of April. I gave them a few pointers, you know, I tried to help them. I was like, you know, have a think about this, look at this yeah. app, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not, mean but i'm just you know i'm trying this comes back to what we were saying a few weeks ago about my priority is my health yeah. i've got other projects and clients that i'm working with i don't want to overbook myself because not only does that affect me but also i can't give the best to my clients either so i was trying to be quite firm and say no i am fully booked until the 11th that's when i've next got space and he said okay thank you you know he went away and had a look at the stuff that i gave him a week later last week i got another email saying i've done the things you suggested i'm still having problems are you still available on the 11th yes i am here's my rates here's you know and because i i not really I'm not desperate for the sale because I've got plenty of other stuff that I'm doing. And I also know that I'm going to be off for a little bit. So I'm trying to mm. not wind things up. Really, I'm trying to finish Just things off. Take things along. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, my internally, my attitude was great. If I get it, I'm not bothered if I don't. Right. Um, so I'm so I was like, OK, fine. Well, if you want me, it's going to be this much. It's a minimum of two hours because I'm not getting out of bed for one hour of, you know, helping that yeah. sounds awful it's not that i don't want to help it's just you know it's got to be worth my while yeah. too and um i'm going to bill you in advance because i want to make sure that i get paid and, and this is quite alien to me this is quite a big step for me in the past i've been like oh yeah of course i can help you anything mm. you need when do you when do you want me um and he said yes and i'm meeting him on well virtually meeting him on the 11th um but the point being is that i'm in in a perverse way, ending up getting more business by trying not to sell to people, I'm trying to help them, and I'm I'm kind of the the way that I'm wording it is just you know I can help you if you want help. Here's what I can do. I'll point you, give you some tips, point you in the right direction. Maybe that will be enough for you. But if you want me, this is how much I charge. This is when I'm available, and it's okay if you don't want to sign up to that that's okay and it takes the pressure off me because I'm not feeling like I'm desperate to win this business and I've got to um present myself and do a hard sell or anything like that but it also takes the pressure off them and they have a different I believe they have a different perception about me because they don't feel me doing this hard sell what they hear or or see if it's an email is me trying to help them 
And their perception then becomes, I want to work with this person or I'll wait for this person in this instance because she's tried to help me. She's given me some pointers, told me a couple of things to try, offered to put me in contact with other people if that, you know, if the time scale doesn't work. There's, there's less pressure on them too. So it makes it easier for them to say yes. And that's kind of where I've gone with it. That's may, may not be the right thing to do, but that's what I've done. And that's taken pressure off me, which makes me feel less stressed. I think it's a, it, you're right, it may not be the way mm-hmm. to do things, but it, it massively resonates mm. with me. And <clears throat> I think, so, so, so I've got a client I've been working with for several months and how do I say this kindly they are close I wouldn't say they're desperate but they are keen to make sales mm-hmm. very keen to make sales and I, th- I think the trouble is is that that comes across in the, yeah. all their messaging yeah and we had a, I had a conversation with with one of them uh, about three weeks ago long conversations a couple of hours on the phone um, it was only meant to be a two-minute chat, as <laughs> these things normally are. And we got on to this principle of sales and how do we get them and stuff like that. And I said, the trouble is, what's happening at the moment is you are doing the equivalent of walking up to a girl in the bar, in a bar, and saying, shall we get married? Yeah. And you've never met her before in your life. Now, there might be some people out there who are crazy, who enough. Are crazy enough. Married at yes. first sight. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but on the whole, what you need to do is build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you might go up to her, and it's been a long time since I've done this. <laughs> all right. But you might, Don't take a relation advice no, from, from no, Ash. No, because <laughs> I'm, 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 no, I do all right. Thank you very much. But it's been a while <laughs> since I've walked up to a girl in bar. And, um, but you, you want to walk up to her and, you know, if, if you know, think back to your youth, I said to him, what would you do? Well, I'd walk up to her and say hello. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good start. Mm-hmm. That's a really good start. And then what would happen? I'd get into a conversation. I'd say, yeah. Then you might buy her a drink. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not ask for her number and ask if you can follow up by contacting her again. You get permission. And then if you were really smart, you actually would do what you said you were going to do <laughs> and follow up. Because most people don't. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens in business, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So then you'd follow up. You might ask her out for a date. And you'd go for a nice date. And you might get a peck in the cheek in the end. And I'm starting to show my age here because I think things have moved on a little bit now, <laughs> especially according to my daughter. But there you go. So anyway, but there is this process that you go. There's mm-hmm. a courting process that you go through. I'm really showing my age now using that word. But fundamentally, it's correct. Yeah. There is there is a, um, a set of steps, you know, that... that we we all kind of socially understand that you mm. need to manage to de- develop a relationship. Now, whether that's a relationship with um, a, a prospective new wife, husband, yep. partner, okay, or um, so I, I've not spoken about this publicly, but you know, you, you know that we we put the dog to sleep, you know, mm. about a month ago. Um, and anyone who knows me knows how much he was, how close we were to him. And it was a really, really difficult decision. And we'd got to know some people on the dog walk. Mm-hmm. And there was one couple especially um, who had a dog called Marley. And they, they, unfortunately, they had to put Marley down about 
three weeks, four weeks before we, we put Rodney down. But we, we hadn't really got to know them, but we saw them every morning. Mm-hmm. On the dog. And when there was always a little stop for a couple of minutes and the dogs would say hello and have a little sniff. And because um, Marley was a girl, Rodney would do his, you know, whole hello thing. Because <laughs> it was just building a relationship yeah. with her. And, you know, um, and, and we would chat a little bit. And it turns out that, you know, she's the receptionist at the local um, physio clinic. And our neighbours go to that clinic and there was a bit of a connection there. And mm. she said, well, you've got a problem with your neck and why don't you come down to Kay? And so we started going there. So we've established this relationship. And when um, they'd once walked past their house, our house with the dog and saw us outside in the garden. So they knew where we lived, not stalking, but you know, yeah. there's a reason for doing this. And when we, when we put, you know, when we put, um, came back from the vets, about three days later, there was some post and there was a card with no stamp on it and just our name on it. And it was a card from them sympathy card from them mm. so they'd come up to the house and put this note in and in and in the note it said it'd be lovely if the two of you wanted to pop around one sunday evening and have a drink in the garden mm-hmm. kind of thing and we just thought well we thought about doing that that's really nice mm. so we whatsapp them and said that sounds really good let's wait for it to be a little bit warmer maybe but but we've gone from complete strangers who've got the dogs in common to having this sort of verbal relationship to moving to we're going to go and sit in the garden and have a few drinks and probably talk, share dog stories. And we've yeah. got that connection. But we're building a relationship yeah. and it's taken months. Mm. Months. Probably years, in fact, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Because we've been walking the dog for two years since the beginning of, of lockdown. Now, coming back to my client, he's trying to jump in bed with clients and get married to them and drag them to the altar. Yeah. And he doesn't even know their names. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's a it's a really, really, and, and as I was telling this to him, I, you know, he was laughing his head off because he could see exactly where you were going, where with, I was it, going yeah. with it and, 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 and all the rest of it. And I think it's a really, really important and relevant point mm. that you have to go on a journey mm-hmm. with your customers. There's um, uh, a great book out there, um, written by a guy called Daniel Priestley, the key person of influence. And Daniel Priestley does a lot of really good things. And one of the things he talks about is this principle of, um, it's in my head because I got an email from him this morning, um, 1174. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, c- can you create, I think it's 7114 actually, do you have seven hours of content that people can immerse themselves in around your product or service? Is it on... Um, 11 different bits of material, if you like, and on four different platforms. Mm. So that might be listen, watch, read. Read. Okay. And so I kind of look at this as could somebody sit down from nine to five, have an hour for lunch and just go through my stuff? And the answer is yes. Because you know what? People will. They may not do seven hours Mm -hmm. (laughs) back to back with a couple of you know marmite sandwiches for lunch but if you're buying a high-end product especially you will research you know i got my car i didn't just go i'll have that one Mm. i watched youtube channels i got the brochure i went in i sat in the car we test drove it i immersed myself Mm -hmm. in that product anyone who's listening to this with a a reasonably high-end product and i'd say thousand pound plus people are immersing themselves so you need to be creating an environment where people can build a relationship with your service on their terms in their time 
And th that might be no different to a girl checking you out on Facebook or speaking to your mates to see that you're not a serial killer or, mm. or whatever, okay? Um, you've got to... You know, they might even drive past your place of work to see what you do and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. I don't know if that happens anymore. But you, you've got to give people the opportunity to build a relationship with you, even if you're not there. Mm. And just going straight in for the juggler and asking for the sale. Yeah, it can work. Mm. You can brutally go down, you know, that's door knocking, isn't it? You know, do you want to buy J cloth? You, you know, you knock on a hundred doors, ten people will buy J cloth. That's fine. Mm. But it's brutal. Mm. And and I know that most of the people that listen to this podcast have got higher end service product, you know, or some retail stuff. And even if it is a retail business, your website needs to be about the why and the benefits. And mm. that, that's all relationship building, isn't it? Mm. If people are not ready to buy from you now, then you need to be communicating with them on a regular basis. That involves social media or email, you know, uh, for example. You need to go and do talks if you're uh, um, any way consultative. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that that sort of stuff, so people get to know you, and but it's this real, it's a real skill, and I don't think everybody has it, but we've all had it. We've all had it at some point in our lives. This ability to generate. I mean, kids are brilliant at building relationships with each other, and with adults. Yeah, because they know that if I build a relationship with that adult. It's the easiest way to get something out of them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They're so good at it. Um, sorry, I went off on a bit of a rant there. But, <laughs> not a rant, but I just, I just think it's really interesting, this principle of build the relationship and then don't even ask to get married. You know, just ask for the date, first of all. Yeah. It's, it's a slower process than yeah, perhaps we think. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Does that... Yeah, I, th I think you're right. And I think... In a roundabout way, that's kind of what I was tr describing that I've done with this new um, prospective client is I'm not going straight in there going first, you know, the first email I've had from him saying, this is my problem. Could you help me out? How do I do X, Y and Z? And I've gone back and said, my rates are this available time mm -hmm. book mm -hmm. now. That's not what I've said. What I have said is um, I can help you. I'm fully booked until um, if you want to wait, that's fine. If you don't, I can help you in some other ways. And in the meantime, regardless of whether you use me or not, and this takes the pressure off, is here's some pointers. Here's some places you can start. Look at this. Try this. You were helpful. I was helpful. Useful, yeah. And, you know, that that has started to build the relationship because I've started by saying, I'm going to help you. Whether you buy from me or not, I'm going to help you. Um you know, I haven't gone straight in there and said, buy now, get married now. I've gone in there and said, hey, you know, let's chat. Let's have a conversation and maybe it's right for you and maybe it's not. And that's okay either way. So going back to my analogy, you were playing hard to get. I don't see it like that. <laughs> he might have. He might have. And if he's interpreted it that way, then that's but okay. But that's compelling enough anyway, in its own way. Yeah, because done right. Done, yeah. done right. It is very, very compelling mm -hmm. because... You, what you're basically doing is like takeaway selling. Yeah. You're saying, I'm here, but I'm going to take it away from you. Yeah. That's playing hard to get. Mm. It was when I was 15 mm -hmm. anyway. Um, because, and and that, that just makes somebody want it more. Yeah. I think, you know, I think for me, it's more of a, I don't need you. You know, it's nice if I, if I get that sale, great. But it's not thousands. It's, you know, a couple of hours of my time. It's not yeah. a big deal. Maybe it'll lead to more. Who knows? Who knows? 
You don't know, and that's where that relationship building. Mm. I don't want to just say get lost. I haven't got time for you. But that two hours is the equivalent of, of a, a date. Of a date, isn't exactly. It? And maybe it'll lead to more, and maybe it won't. And that's okay either way. But it takes. I'm my whole thing is just take the pressure off, take the pressure away, and stop going hard sell. Do you want to get married? And start going. Let's have a conversation. How do we? How do we have a chat? Can I help you? And maybe that's all it will ever be. It will only ever be a first date. And that's okay. And maybe it will lead to a massive long, you know, multi-year relationship where we get married at the end. And that's okay too. But we've all we've all had dates where it's not worked out, but then they've introduced us to their friend and it has. Exactly. But the worst thing about dating is when someone comes across as super desperate. Do you want to go on a date? Can we go now? Do you want to go tomorrow? Why not? Do you want to get married next week? What's wrong with me? Yeah, and they and people's instant reaction to that is, oh, this guy's weird. You know, this person is like super desperate. And if they're that desperate, then and other people don't want them, there's gonna be something wrong with them because nobody else wants them. Yeah. yeah. You know, subtly what I've without really thinking that I haven't planned it out like this, but subtly what I'm saying is I'm in demand. Other people want me and I uh, the first available slot that I've got to help you is not for three weeks. Yeah. And I'm all right with that. And I'm okay with that. And if that if you can't wait for that long, that's okay by me because I have enough other work going on. Yeah. Do you think you could play that line if you didn't have enough work going on? I have. And it was a really big step. Because that's the thing I wanted to get out of this for people listening. Yes. There's a little game. That you need to I'll play tell you yourself. a story because I don't think I've actually talked to you or anyone else about it. But in end of January, um, having been super busy for quite a few months um, to the point where I'd had a VA doing overflow work for me. Um, at the end of January, it became apparent that some other stuff that I thought was going to pick back up again hadn't. And... Um, I actually said to my VA, I'm going to have to take the stuff that you're doing back off you mm-hmm. because I just don't, I can't justify it. It's not, it's not a big deal, but I just, you know, I can't justify paying you to do it when I've got time to do it myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that was okay. Um, but I kind of made a decision that I wasn't going to start going out to existing past or prospective clients and start going, have you got any work for me? Have you got any work for me? Because that sounds too desperate. I, it does take a bit of faith to kind of go, whatever will be, will be. And and it helps to have, you know, it's difficult to do that if you're living month to month, sure. right? I have a little bit of buffer. So yeah. I knew that I could go for, you know, three months and not have huge amount of business. So I made a decision. I was going to rein in what I could because you just want to make sure that you're not blowing money or frivolously um but i wasn't going to go out there and go hey everybody i'm desperate and uh it amused amused me it still amuses me now but within a week of me pulling this back from my va the project that i've just spent three back-to-back weeks on came off and started going absolutely crazy and because i wasn't sure exactly where it was going i decided to not give it not give the stuff back to the va i've kept it but I'm now at a point where I'm like, I have to give her this work back because I'm getting busy again. And also, I know I'm, I'm going to yes. be off for a couple of months as well. So I want to make sure that those things are ticking over. Um, but what I didn't want to do was put blood in the water of Shirley's desperate for some work. Yeah. Because 
I think people feel that. And yeah, as soon as you start saying, I'm desperate, what work have you got for me? It creates not only a feeling, but this atmosphere of desperation. And people start going, hmm, you know, what's what's going on? Yeah. Why, you know, why do they need this so badly? And <clears throat> and it perpetuates exactly what you don't want to happen. So I I, you know, it does take bravery and I did really struggle with it, I'm not gonna lie. But to be brave enough to go, I'll pull it back, but what will be will be. I'm gonna I've I've got a buffer to leave it for a couple of months before I need to start doing anything mm. super proactive. And it's and it's turned around. Some it just goes in I know that my business goes in waves, right? So that's why I have a buffer. Sometimes I'm crazy busy and sometimes I'm not, and I try and take the, the ups and the downs together. That's just the way it works. But it's but interesting. Yeah. It's interesting takes a bit of bravery to go, I'm not going to go out there and be desperate. It's a really good message. It's, it's a really, really, really good message. Um, selling without selling, mm. fundamentally. Be helpful. Just yeah, like, so do you want to, I mean, what have we, we covered quite a bit today. Yeah. Around. I knew you were going to ask me to summarise. <laughs> I would just say, try and help, try not to sell. Because the selling, the sales will come Comfort from time. being helpful. And don't ask for marriage on the first. Don't ask for marriage on the first date. Yeah, I think that's or the first thing. time you meet somebody. Just try and help them. So, have so a conversation. Do you want to hear about my mugging? Yes, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. But yeah. tell us, tell I, us. I how mean, everybody's you... waiting for the mugging. <laughs> no, I'm sure they're not. Tell us about I the mugging. Do it next week if you want. No, no tell now. us now. Do it in two parts. And half <laughs> oh God, next week. Ash, you're killing me. <laughs> so uh, it's actually not that exciting. But so I was in London last Friday, and um, was. Uh, Jumped on the tube to go and see a client in the afternoon. Got out of Temple Station. Um, haven't been there for years. It's mm. quite, cool. quite fun. Got out of Temple Station. A little bit of a hurry. Um, it's a lovely spring day. Jeans, T-shirt, rucksack on. Kind of, you know, strolling along. And as I walk out the station, I, I literally, this this guy kind of just steps right out in front of me and goes, hey, man, can I borrow you for a minute? And he's got a clipboard. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, I'm, like, I'm really sorry, and I know you hear this all the time, but I am properly busy. And he said, I literally just need 10, 15, 30 seconds. Won't be much longer than that. And then he said, but it might be, but can I at least have the 10, 15 seconds? And I'm like, okay, go on. And um, so he was like, look, I'm working with a charity that helps educate youngsters and takes them off the streets um, who have been involved in knife crime. And I went, amazing. Um, I'm a massive QPR fan. We renamed our station, um, stadium, Kind Prince Foundation Stadium, after a lad who got stabbed and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm quite involved in that anyway. Uh, I'm not, but, um, mm. you know, I, I support it in the way that I can through the club. You know, it's, it's, it's not something I work with. And um, uh, he was like, oh, brilliant, fist bump, big <laughs> smile on his face. And he's like, well, then you'll understand how important it is. And we run these workshops and just 25 quid will put a kid through you know what and, and, and I was one of these kids who did these workshops and now I'm helping promote it and you know I was in a really bad place and you know where are you from and I said oh I was from Shepherd's Bush and he's like oh, I, said, I understand the, the West London and I'm, I'm from Hackney and and straight away but we're both Londoners aren't we and, mm. and straight away he's found common ground he's chatting to me he's got that little bit of a fist bump and I'm like okay look oh, it's a great cause you know, I'll give you, you know, what are the options? He said, well, you could do one person, two people or four people. So that's 25 quid, 50 quid or 100 quid. But he put it one person in a workshop, two people in a workshop or four people in a workshop. I was like, 
two people in a workshop is five fifty quid. So he gets a card machine out, um, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so I go to get my phone, and he said, right, before you do that, because my mum always said to me, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Could you really help me out? Because. I'm now going to be 50 quid away from my target. And you like the kind of guy who could cover that 50 quid and not worry about it. Oh, God. <laughs> and I went, all right then, here's 100 quid. So I pinged it across, and he was like, thank you so much, big hug, amazing, gave me a little sticker, okay, and I walked off. And I just walked off feeling really pleased about the fact that I'd been mugged. Because <laughs> he was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't really been mugged. But, and, and I said to him as part of it, I said, look, I feel like I'm being mugged here and you're not even using a knife. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like that. Um, but he was so good at developing a relationship with me yeah. very, very quickly. And he did, in fairness, given everything we talked about, he asked me to marry him mm. on the first day. But he did it brilliantly. You know, but in I, a way... I still think about that. He did ask you to marry him in the first day, but in a way, he actually took you through... The, all the steps the steps yeah, yeah. just in a really condensed format he didn't the first thing he said to you wasn't do you want to sponsor four kids no he took you through yeah. the steps yes. and, and ended and, up there it's the, just that it happened within 10 minutes rather than 10 months and, and, and he was very open he was very honest he was very transparent he as i say he he uh, connected found a way to connect with mm. me and i think that was the really important thing that you know okay i'm a west londoner he's a south londoner but, but we're both from london yeah we are you know and mm. he, he jumped on the fact that he knew kind prince foundation and that, that they were you know they're related subjects they're both about knife crime but they're just dealing with it in different ways and and you know he could tell that i'd you know grown up in a part of the world that, that sees a lot of this mm. stuff and that I, I, he understood that it was important to me. He could see that I spoke his language, that, you know, there was enough there for him to just grab hold of it mm. and, and use it to take it to the next step. Listens, though. And listened really, really well. Great kid, you know. Mm. I mean, I'd have him in the business in a heartbeat because he'd just sell snow to the Eskimos. Mm. He was so good. But actually, he's doing something he's very passionate about. And I think yeah. that helps on the sales side. Absolutely. He really believes in what they're doing because he's been a product of it. Mm. You know, both the bad and now the good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really cool. And that's a lesson in itself is yeah. you have to sell stuff that you believe in. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Good stuff. I think we could another go on for another half an hour. We could go on for <laughs> ages on this one, I think. Sales is such an emotive subject, isn't it? Yes. Um, but one we come across all the time. Um, we'll cut it there. Yep. Um, as always, guys, if you have your own sales stories, um, want help maybe looking at your sales process, the way you're building relationships, you know, have you been slapped around the face for asking someone to get married on the first, uh, <laughs> the first time you meet them? We'd love to know. Um, you know how to reach out and find us. Hello at the Business Clubhouse. .co.uk. .co.uk. Um, till next week. Yep, yeah, I'll see you then. Will do. You've been listening to Winning at Business. We really hoped you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have topics you'd like us to cover, get in touch and we'll do our best to make it happen. Don't forget, you can also get your copy of Hitting the Wall, the book that inspired this podcast from Amazon and other retailers. Bye for now until the next episode.